Let's do it. Welcome, Welcome. back to Snapcast. Yeah. Welcome back. So, um, Dr. Palmer's book, Brain Energy, and we are moving into section three. Section three is titled Causes and Solutions. Yep. Um, maybe getting more into what you and I will find really curious, you know? But so chapter nine, um, it's titled What's Causing the Problem and What Can We Do? Um, I kind of looked at it as maybe a setup for the whole section. Um, so far, it's a little mislabeling. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not, you know, criticizing him or anything, but it's like. It sounded hey, critical. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know, it's just, again, you said it over and over. It's not our writing style. It's It, it feels what's causing the problem. Chapter nine is what's causing the problem and what can we do about it? So we're going to cover two chapters here, nine and ten. They were both fairly short. Yep. Um, and we'll give you the 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 skinny on those um so you know what's causing the problem what can we do about it he he talks about metabolism again you know and and equates it to the flow of traffic and you know basically mitochondria are the drivers uh and the workers inside metabolism is the flow of traffic and mitochondria is the drivers and workers in the cars which i like that helps me you know polk county public schools right helps me kind of Stay focused on what the two of them do. And then he goes on to talk about how different things stimulate uh, mitochondria. For instance, caffeine stimulates mitochondria. I thought that that was very interesting, interesting because you do see that in real mental illness. You see how caffeine, uh, you know, caffeine is a treatment for ADHD. And you're like, now I'm making the connection to caffeine, to energy in the mitochondria, to the brain. Right. Right. And when the mitochondria gets right, the brain gets right. So, I mean, I've seen that in ADHD uh, kids. I've seen that uh, in family members. I've seen that, you know, when when they get uh, some caffeine in them, then all of a sudden things start to operate a little more normal. So that's strange to me. So ADHD is an attention deficit, right? And it's really a slowing Oh, it is. Yeah, it's a slowing down. That's why they give them like a, okay. a, a, a quick, they, they call it speed. But I mean, a lot of the different drugs are amp them up so that things start firing a little bit. So that makes sense now to me why caffeine starts to work, right? Um, but he says basically there are three important themes to note when reviewing the different contributing causes. Uh, yep. Why don't you talk about those a little bit if you want? So, um for reference, he, he tells us in the very first part of this chapter that in lieu of using the phraseology risk factors, he uses contributing causes. And he explains why I won't go into that. So he does the three important themes to note when we're reviewing the contributing causes, think risk factors. Um, all of them directly impact metabolism and mitochondria. And he does start to get into that. So it's like missing. He's like connecting links. Right. Um, all are associated with a wide variety of symptoms of mental disorder. And all are associated with metabolic and neurological disorders, including obesity, diabetes, cardiovascular, Alzheimer's, and epilepsy. Um, <clears throat> so mitochondria is connected to everything. And well, for- all mental illness and basically all disease. I mean, we've kind of re- rehashed that. He's, he's kind of re-saying it again. Right. Okay. Right. So, th- so then he moves on to say, if all mental disorders are due to mitochondrial dysfunction and dysregulation, why is there so much variability in symptoms? Right. I did highlight and, the same thing. Um, so differences in pre-existing vulnerabilities. And then number two is the differences in inputs. 
And on number one, he gave another analogy, which I thought was really on point. Um, that so for differences in pre-existing vulnerabilities, let's say three people are all weak. They're not super strong and they try and lift something heavy, right? Well, he says one might sprain a wrist, one might pull a muscle, and a third might throw out their back. So even in the other illness world or other injury world, there's three. Same stressor, different outcomes. Got it. Right. So um, so I thought that was pretty good. The differences in inputs, I didn't really, that didn't connect with me. I didn't either. I, I didn't really highlight anything in there. Um, you know, uh, basically saying that the body reacts different. <laughs> you know, I, I think that it basically means that... It, Alcohol, drugs, things like that. If you have different types of inputs into your body, that it, your mitochondria is going to act different. act differently, which actually sets up well for chapter ten. Because number one was nature and nurture, right? The differences in pre-existing vulnerabilities. That was like, you know, were did you have parents? He talked about the aces before, you know. Right? Do you have parents that had? You know, were you in a trauma situation? Were you in that type of stuff? So I'm starting to see the connection again when, you know, I think us connecting these two chapters actually probably was pretty important for us. I don't know what yet, <laughs> but, but but I think it's it's I, I'm starting to see a link. Right. So we make fun of my education. His was in Highlands County. So. <laughs> Sometimes you need to hit me over the head with a mallet before I make the connection. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, moving into chapter 10, um, I thought it was, well, he started, he started, oh. let's, let's, let's finish with the treatments yeah. and success stories. Uh, he, he, he teases, I, I call it a little bit of throwing out some bait here. He three teases some, some treatments, right? Uh, treatments, uh, that can help with mitochondria treatments that remove or reduce things that are disrepresent. Dysregulating mitochondria and metabolism, such as poor diet, exercise, sleep disturbance, medication, psychological. So you can remove those things and it will improve the mitochondria. Uh, treatments that correct for metabolic imbalances, such as neurotransmitter or ho hormone imbalances. And then treatments that improve metabolism. Uh, and he breaks them into three different categories. Oh, uh, I figured you'd like that. Mitochondrial biogenesis, mitog. Metophagy. Metophagy, getting rid of the old and defective mitochondria, and then autophagy. Uh, we've talked about autophagy, basically, uh, we've at repairing, repairing, fasting, taking out the trash. We've talked about that yep. before. So those are three things that you can do if you know you have a mitochondria issue. And he's, I'm, he teases because he's going to go into more detail later on. So he is going to start giving solutions. That's actually how he closed it out, number nine. And he's like, but you have to read to the end. To figure out which solutions are going to be best for you. And he even mentioned that. He said, you really need to don't start implementing solutions until you've looked at. Understand all, all the of it. contributing causes. And I think that that's what he's like. There's a, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Stay with me. Yeah. yeah. Know? So chapter 10, uh, genetics and epigenetics. The first contributing cause. So genetics, it makes all the sense in the world, right? That, but it doesn't. <laughs> so, Story of our life, right? Um, he does talk about the Human Genome Project, which happened like back in the the eighties, nineties, early two thousands, um, and where they basically mapped the human genome, and they thought 
that they were going to get all kinds of information like this gene causes this. And um, I think in uh, regular medicine, they did. They found a lot of um, overlap between your DNA and your genetics to your propensity to get something. They didn't really make that case very well on the mental health side. That's correct. Right. Yep. So, um, you so know, epigenetics, just a definition again, is field dedicated to understanding what causes genes to turn on or off. Well, we're not there yet, though, because we're still on genetics. Okay. So the, the, the end of the day in, on the genetics, um, it said, depending on which ones you inherit, they can influence the function of your cells, your metabolism, and your overall health. But the answer to problems does not lie in the genes themselves. It, it all points back. He goes into all these details, APO3, APO4, APOE, all these different gene types. But he, he demonstrates that they all point back to metabolism and mitochondria. So right. it's less truly about the genetics. Now, the epigenetics yeah. is a different set of yeah, circumstances. Yeah, the epigenetics, he's basically saying the field dedicated to understanding what causes genes to turn on and off. Um, he's talking about stressors. He's talking about uh, different situations, poor environment. Uh, so, like, womb environment, he, he goes into a study about uh, when there was a famine. I guess, I don't know when it was. It was, uh, it was in the 40s for the German occupation yes. of the Netherlands. And yeah. I, not only did the children from that famine come out uh, with uh, obesity issues, diabetes, all these other things, health issues, they also came out with mental disorders as well. Yeah. So he's, he's again, laying the, the from the previous chapter, from the nature and the nurture and the inputs, that poor input from the womb can obviously lead to poor outcomes later on. Right? Same thing, the very next section, early life. Yep. We talked about that. A kid that is in a broken home, um, coming out of poverty, doesn't have enough food, doesn't have enough resources. Obviously, that can affect. It's an outside influence of how our genes turn on and off. The, the third one, intergenerational transmission of trauma, I thought was probably the most interesting of these. And that actually focused on... A parent transferring trauma to their child, and the child never, ever actually experienced the trauma. This was, they, they looked at Holocaust victims, and huh. the actual parent trans, transmitted, if you would, the trauma to the children, right? Uh, and the children never experienced the trauma. So the children got the same illnesses, this, uh, this, this, uh, a lot of the same things that mom and dad had gotten. But um, so, so researchers went and they tried to figure out why. And they're like, oh, they must be teaching them about their trauma. They're delivering the stress. And it, I don't know if he came out and he said that that isn't true, but he did say that cortisol played a huge factor in the children. So, I mean, the children never experienced the Holocaust. I, I totally, that totally makes sense. Even it, Holocaust is such a out there scenario that it makes complete sense, right? But I would tell you that there was stuff that my parents simply taught me that today I probably oh, yeah. don't have a well-rounded perception of because I was told to just stay away from it. 
you know, whether it was drugs or, you know, whatever, whatever. Well, but, I mean, you know, your great grandparents who talked or your grandparents, they talked about the Great Depression and the stress of the Great Depression, right? We're too far away from that stress to feel that stress. Yeah. I can guarantee you my dad felt that stress. Yeah. My dad had the whole survival prepared kit going on with the dehydrated foods and everything. So he felt that stress. And that's interesting because he got it from his parents. Yeah. He, my dad didn't go through the depression, <laughs> but somehow that stress was transferred over to him. Yeah. Well, I think maybe the, the most obvious analogy of what epigenetics really do is in the case of identical twins, right? Their genome is, I don't know if it's truly identical or... It's pretty darn cool. Identical. Right. <laughs> but they grow into different people from their own experiences, their own stress. They can have their, their own, own illnesses. Choices, their own... Um, and it all affects, to his point, their own metabolism of mitochondria differently. Right. So here's the big setup, right? So he's like, all right, talking about genes and epigenetics and all these things. And then he says, in human terms, this means that the primary causes of mental illnesses are usually not in our genes, but instead <laughs> in our environment of, or the drivers of our cells, mitochondria. I mean, you, you almost, I highlighted that specifically. I mean, it was like, I felt like that was a setup. <laughs> Surprise! It's not epigenetic. Surprise! It's not. Right. It's not the genes. It's got to be more epigenetics than genetics, though. Right. You know. I, I do concur that it's probably more epigenetics. Yeah. The choices we make. The choices that we make or, I mean, obviously the transfer of the stress. I mean, there can be stressors. Like, I guarantee you, and I'm sure this has been the case, you take two identical twins, you put one in a loving household, and you put another in a non-loving household. Foster care. Yeah, you know, sexual you know. abuse and all these other things. I didn't mean imply foster care would be that way. No, right? I understand. But the outcomes are going to be completely different. Right. Right. Stability was what I was getting at. Right. If you're moving around... In your youth, and it, you, you it know. can be a very different outcome, and they have the yep. same genes. Yep. Right. So, what did we learn? Uh, waiting for chapter eleven. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I learned that it's that. I think we're back to mitochondria. Like I said, I think the the title of the leading into the you know, hey, we're about to surprise you with things you can do. I, it was a little premature, but yeah. yeah. So, well, I don't think there's a section four. So, maybe the title of the section is accurate and we're just really early. Yep. So, chapter 11 will be next. Um, a, another contributing cause, chemical imbalances, neurotransmitters, and medications. So, um, we'll see you next time. Yep. Questions, comments, concerns, hit us at snackcast at yes.fit. Stay moving. See you. <laughs>